0: Good
2: evening, good morning, good afternoon. we be. welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast episodes. I haven't a clue. Lost count many, many years ago. How are you all? Um, good evening to you all in the chat box. Uh, Love to see you here already. So many of you here already. Good, uh, good evening to you, or afternoon or morning, if you're listening to this back on Spotify, and hello to you if you're watching this back on replay. I hope you're all well. Hope you've all had a good week. Um, Hope you're not too sad over what's happening at the moment, but uh, tonight we're going to try and bring you a bit of therapy like we normally do on a Monday evening, and uh, hopefully by the end of the podcast, we'll all feel a bit better about it. Um, So we'll get on to introducing the guests. Tony, how are you, sir?
3: Good evening, mate. Good evening. Long time no see, long time no, uh, no speak. Been a long time. Been a long time. I said to myself, Who can I get? Who can I? Because Dan's out, Mark's out,
2: Graham's out, Harry's out. So I said, Who can I get to bounce off Mr. Judges? Oh, I know, fella. (laughs) I'd like Uh... to bounce him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Judges, how are you going on? I used to to bounce him on my knee. That's that's like, you know, once upon a time, you know. It's a bit of a family affair this evening, isn't it? I wouldn't want to do it now, like, you know what I mean? Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? But... Are you all right? Yeah, all well, good. How good? Well, more, more importantly, how are you? How's your knee, you know? <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's still there. It's pretty oh, bruised. Sorry, yeah. Um, Been worried about you. Been worried about Yeah, of
2: course you have, yeah. All the text messages that I've had all, all weekend. Yeah, we're very, very worried about me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Uh, it's in a brace. The brace is not on at the moment, though, because it's pissing me off. But you did say I didn't have to wear it all day. um. So I've I've taken it off just for this so I can be comfortable sitting here. Otherwise, the computer would be way over there because of my legs sticking out. But um, no, nah, I'm all right. It hurts. It hurts. I've just taken some painkillers. So if I fall asleep halfway, halfway through this, well,
1: um, you'll no you know why. What I mean? so, What's uh, that? With me and Sasha, you probably will. Like, you know. So. <laughs> gentlemen let's get into
2: it um, Tony we'll start with you uh, it's been well it's been a poor year as I was just about to say it's been a poor week um, it's been a poor year, it's been a really strange season we were just talking off air about it a little bit um, you know about what how the season's been, it's been so so weird with the corona going on and no fans being allowed in the ground and this that and the other it's been very very strange um, obviously didn't get the result we wanted against Villarreal uh, on the last Thursday night, and then of course we we come and we beat West Brom, um, which we should have done. Um, you know, we we should be beating teams like that. No disrespect to West Brom, but we should be beating teams like that. Tony, where now? Where where? You know, where do we go now? Three games left: Chelsea, Palace, Brighton. What next? What you know? Three dead rubbers, aren't they? I mean. They are to Out, extent, uh, too soon. Chelsea, the, well, they are to an extent. It's still, I mean, I know Leo will probably fall off his chair now, but, you know, do we go for this Europa, Europa conference thing or or whatever it is? Um, we can still qualify for that, I believe. Um, I, I don't think we're, we're coming up to a Chelsea game where I'm like, yeah. I'm normally like, oh, Chelsea, can't fucking bring it on. But I'm just, you know, I you know, I'll watch it, but... Yeah.
3: It is what it is, mate. you are watch it because it's your team. But um, yeah. ultimately, the the season's been a bit of a shit show from, from start to finish. From top to bottom, the club just appeared to be in a mess. Um, Thursday, Thursday was, was to a certain extent, how I expected it to go to some, some regard. Because, um, I mean, when you look, football's, football's winning and losing is part of the game. It's part of any sport we do. We accept that. Uh, we, we may not like losing, but it's part of the sport. What we can't accept is going out with such a whimper constantly. Um, we've been going out with a whimper for probably the last decade. This is nothing new. This is this is being ongoing and, and, and steadily declining season upon season. Um, so it, it's the fact that, you know, like I said at the beginning of the season with Arteta, all I wanted him to do was improve us slightly, um, show signs of progression and, and give us a clear identity with how we wanted to play. That's all I expected this season. That's all I asked from in his full season. If it meant us finishing sixth or seventh, fine, I would have took it. But I just don't see in their performances, in the identity, in the progression. You know, I backed him from the very start. The last three or four weeks, I'm really questioning whether he's the man. And I'm siding with the fact that I don't think he is anymore. Um, maybe, maybe the inexperience is catching up with him. Um, maybe, again, I know Lee doesn't always want to hear it, but I don't think the players help. Then saying that Arteta, some of the decisions he's made just are not good enough. It's, it's baffling. Where do we go from here? I don't know. Um, someone said yesterday, we either back him or sack him. Um, but then do you trust the directors with the money available in the summer? Collectively, I just think we're in a mess. And I think we need mm. a real experienced old head somewhere along the lines to, to steer us out of these choppy waters, mate. Because uh, if, if something doesn't get rectified and quick, we could be in for a, another shit show of a season next, uh, next year.
2: Absolutely, mate. Yeah. So, you know, hard to disagree. And I'm with you on that. You know, I know you listen and watch watch the podcast. I've backed him all year. Um, But I'm with you now. You know, the last two or three weeks, I'm starting to come down off the fence. You know, Um, I said at the end of the season that it was judgment day. And I don't think it is the end of the season when we got knocked out of the Europa League, Lee. Um, It's the end of the season. It's the end of the season. I said I judge him at the end of the season, and unfortunately, I I, I don't think he's the man. I don't. No. But, but no. I think that I don't think he's going to get sacked. That, that's the thing. I don't think he'll get the sack. I think he'll be here next year.
1: No. Well, you know that, that's that's up to the powers that be to do that, isn't it. But listen, you you've backed him, and, and there's nothing wrong in doing that. You know, Tony Tony's the same. Tony's been very um, vocal on, on our Arteta in our groups and things, like, and we've had chats and all that like. And I've wanted to give him the the benefit of doubt and all that. And I look, listen, people turn around and now and say, "Oh, it's through the pandemic. We, you know, we've not had a pre-season and all that." I get that, but there's some things that you just can't defend no more. And 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 I'll say say this, you know, the continuation to play Bellerin. you know, four games um, Chambers has played done okay in those four games. I don't think he's done that bad. And all of a sudden, like Bellerin comes in against Newcastle, wasn't our best player. In the game against Newcastle I don't think really justified Coming back into the team But comes back into the team It's nothing to do with experience And a pandemic The substitutions that he's making You know, 10 minutes to go Or whatever it was We need a goal He takes a Aubameyang on Puts Willian on And yeah. then then with a minute ago go Puts Eddie on You know, just little things like that Playing um, Partey in midfield on his own You know, uh, playing a false nine in a semi-final for the first time. That's nothing to do with a pandemic, nothing to do with not having a pre-season. That's just crap managing. Yeah. Crap team selections. And it's starting to to happen. The continuation to keep playing Bellerin, swapping and changing the positions. And what made it even worse was was Sunday for me, because everybody had been saying for the last few weeks – Play Martinelli, play Martinelli, play, play Saka at left-back. You know, he had the opportunity. It was like the gods come down to him and said to him, we love you, Mikel, we love you. I'm going to injure Saka Sha- for you so you make that decision and you go through in this competition. So he, he didn't. He went and put Tierney there, like you know what I mean? What he should have done was played Saka in there, got Martinelli into the side. The continuation not to play Martin Martinelli... Is unbelievable. He has given so many opportunities to someone like Eddie. We, you know, but not not to Martinelli. You know, those sort of things have nothing to do with the pandemic. Nothing to do with not having a preseason. It's just poor managing, poor mm. whatever. And I'm, I'm sorry, you know, you know, I, I've turned around and someone corrected me when they said like about experience, and I do believe that he's not, you know, not not experience enough, and that's not his fault. But there are times when you look at it and think, well, do you really need to be experienced to know that that uh, Granite shacker's not working in there, not to play a false nine, and to, to not play a false nine, guys, uh, to play sorry to play a false nine in ultimately what was our ma- most well our biggest game of the season is is criminal. And I, I look at the two semi-finals, you know, legs. We never turned up in any of them. We didn't play in any of them. We you know, and. I'm talking to to Spurs, one of my Spurs colleagues. I don't call them mates, colleagues. When they went out against um, that team from Croatia, their goalkeeper made unbelievable saves. It was like you know, like he was hanging on the edge of your seat, sort, sort of stuff. With us, the goalkeeper did not make a save all night. You know, what, where was the tactics? What were they, and what what was they going on there? Like you know, just a poor, poor show. And for me now. Whether he stays or not, I, I won't be giving. I won't be backing him next season if he stays. You know, what I mean, like the first time he makes a mistake, I'm going to be on
3: him because at yeah. the end,
1: of the day, I don't think he deserves to be in the.
3: Lee, can I just him. ask for, for all these faults and flaws? And I know you think I back him quite a lot. Do you not think that our decline has also coincided with a lack of leaders and captains at the club? You know, because let's be honest, since Fabric Fabregas mm. went, and although he wasn't necessarily a great captain, his performances he um, at least performed week in, week out. But since then, none of our captains have really performed. We just give it to our best players to try and please them, keep them there for another couple of years, sign a new contract. We lack so much. And that, I'm not defending him, by the way. I'm just saying, no, when, no, you no, no. The, when you when you look at the mess we're in, there comes a time when we've got to sort out the culture. i interview at the start when he, start of his reign was brilliant. We've got yeah. to sort out the culture uh, and the mentality of this club, which is fine saying that. Uh, He obviously hasn't helped the situation, but without captains and without leaders, you know, that's something else that's got to be addressed as well. It doesn't matter who we come in, without those, you know, and this is what I say, we're in a mess collectively. Um, And and as much as Arteta has made mistakes and he has got his faults and flaws, I don't think these players as well help the situation. It's not like they can dig him out of a hole. They just sort of down tools and... You know they done it with him, well, they have done it with Emery, and they done it with Wenger at the, at the end of his tenure.
2: Just to just to, just to just to just to come on Tony's point there, like, like I was going to say to you, Lee. But, you know, you saw we saw no effort against Villarreal, and it, awful, awful performance, and then
1: against West Brom yesterday, it weren't great either, was it? it uh, no, it wasn't. You could look at it two ways, and I, I'm 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 not sticking up for the players on it by anything like that. they're being stifled by his 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 tactics and the way that he's going about things. You have to look at things. Also, I, I agree with what Tony's saying about leaders. When you have got Rob Holding leading your side out, you know, or Hector Bellerin, you know, come on, like you know, you know, I, you know, like I'm used to captains. And when I've w- w- watched Arsenal play with captains, not necessarily be the best player in the team, but someone that you will follow and, and, and lead. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, you know, Bellerin said, right, let's get over the trenches. I'm staying where I am, like, you know what I mean? With me old cup of soup and I ain't moving like to Go and get over there and see what you can do. But I'm not going to follow him, you know, and that's a, that's a thing. But with Arteta, <clears throat> you know, I look at it, the signings that he's made. I think that, I'm going to be honest, I think, you know, probably our two biggest leaders weren't in that game. And I mean that by, by, um, David Luiz, which was a big blow, losing him against Newcastle, uh, not just for his leadership, but for a passing ability because he can pass. I think that was a big blow, and obviously losing Granite Shaka in the warm up wasn't great. But ultimately, you know, he still had, he still had options there. You know, like he signed Gabriel, okay, you know, for for uh, for a lot of money. Biggest game of the season, he's not playing. He signed Willian, you know, biggest wages of of, of it all, like isn't playing, you know there's there's things like that now, you've got to just ask sort of questions on that Cedric, he signed Cedric didn't play him you know, and I also think that this culture still comes down to the goalkeeping decision at the beginning of the season, now I'm not saying Leno is a better goalkeeper or, or Martinez is a better goalkeeper, what I'm saying is that there's that thing of like, earn your place wait, you know, wait for your opportunity and when you get it, take it well Martinez done that and then was giving it away again. Was giving it away again. And I still think that was a bad. Like, if I was a player, I think, "Look, I've, I've he's, he's waited all that time, and he you know, got in and been been superb, and then been dropped." So they're the sort of things that I say about Mikkel. And 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 somebody said to me um, over the weekend, which was a great point. You know, on Thursday, if. Um, Mikel's man-management skills would be, uh, were a lot better. And I think this is a difference between coaching and, and being a manager. I think he's a good coach, but you've also, when you're a, the the coach, you've got a or the main one, you've got to man-manage. Gwendozzi, for instance, would have been a key player for us in that game, you know, but because of bad management or whatever, he ain't there for that game. So there, there's all those sort of things that are in there, you know. Um, and I think we've been a little bit unlucky with injuries. But in saying that, I've, I think with that team and what I look at it, we should still be beating teams like Villarreal. Oh, I do yeah. believe that.
2: Especially when they've just got beaten at home at the weekend, 4-1 by Celta
1: Vigo. Yeah, honestly, i watched versus Real Madrid the other night. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's the worst Real Madrid team I've seen for a very, very long while. And they're third in the league, second, third in the league. Mm. And Villarreal are, are, are eighth or ninth. You know, so there, there you go. That that answers it all, really, doesn't it, like, you know? so Leeds, For, all, a poor, poor poor,
3: for poor. all the poor season. For all the poor season as well. And uh, like we said, mistakes that, you know, players and managers have made. You know, our, our finishing, we just haven't been ruthless enough this year. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. If, if bamiang's on form or, you know, we take our chances more, it's obviously a different season now. I'm not sticking up for Arteta and I'm not sticking up for the team. Um, but the mistakes it's been more. I mean, attacking wise, I think we've been poor. And in front of mm. goal, we, we've just, where it's a lack oh, of confidence. Yeah. I, like, I mean, even good. Wednesday, you know, you've got Smith there who's trying to bend it top corner. I think he should hit the target. Um, Yang's volley in the first half. Okay, it's a good effort. He's, he's header. I think he should be scoring it. Me personally. I think Rob Holding's had a good chance of a header as well. You know, we, we're missing so many chances, which. Again, I don't know how we correct that because we're not going to make wholesale that down changes in the summer.
2: Do you think that's down to a lack of confidence or is it just that well, we've been unlucky,
3: you know? No, no I think you, make, you you can't make that uh, an excuse. I think you've got to make your own luck in football. You, you can obviously be unlucky at times, but for it to happen, you know, for the majority of the season, that's not unlucky. That's down to you. Um, I think that's where players have got to stand up and be accounted for. You know, one thing mm. I do not like about this current Arsenal team is we have far too many people to talk the talk but can't walk the walk. Mm. Every week we've got a Bellerin or a Leno or an Aubameyang or a Lacazette or X, Y and Z coming out and talking a good game. You think, right? Well, maybe they've learnt this week. They go out the following week to the next game and it's exactly the same. You know, sometimes keep your mouth shut, let your feet do the talking and play for the badge. Um, and that's something we haven't got enough of. Uh, I mean, these last four games Greg, as you alluded to, I think they are quite important or they were important in my eyes because I thought it was a great chance to experiment. Give the, exactly. give the young, give the younger yeah. players a chance because the likes of Tobias and William ain't going to be here next year or it's very highly unlikely they're not going to be here. So do you know what? Give the players who are going to be the future. Give Nilsson another chance. Give Aziz a chance. Give Balogun a chance. All these other players have had chances but as a core, core group of youngsters, I think, do you know what? Experiment. Give them the game experience and minutes now ahead of next season, ahead of pre-season, ahead of next mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Because in the next 10 years, potentially, they're going to be our main players uh, for the next decade. So give them the minutes. Why persist with uh and William? they are not offered us nothing I all mean, season.
2: I said the same thing yesterday when I saw the team news and I was quickly corrected um, by a good number of people that Balogun and Aziz had played, uh, played uh, under-23s. Under yeah, they played the night before, so obviously you know we can't be. Really oh, they needed to. Them.
3: They needed to not lose to stay up, didn't they? That's right. So he, like yes. they had oh, all uh, their, yeah. you know,
2: every single, every single, every single good player that they had. You know, they they put them, they put them I on didn't the pitch. Realized that was a um, night before. Yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah I, I didn't was,
3: either. So I was, I was on Twitter shouting and at back, roaring. I thought it was at and, the back end of the week. I didn't realize. Yeah, so, yeah. no, so I was
2: about. on Twitter shouting and roaring about. I know the same as you, Tony. Where's Balogun? Where's Aziz? Where's you know the goalkeeper? I'm not even going to try and. Pronounce his name. We'll give him a game. Why not? Because it looks like
0: it Did looks like. Let no, my pardon. Did they win? Uh, the
2: two two. I think they were two nil
3: yeah. then.
2: Yeah, they drew and they stayed up.
3: Yeah. No.
1: Um Well, that just shows, doesn't it? Like you know, so. Um. Well, it just makes me. I, I don't know. It's, just, it's it it makes me... sites, uh, Wednesday and and the, and the following week now. Then there is no excuse now, isn't it? Yeah, play, exactly. Then? I mean, I I'd, I'd love
2: to see Balogun and Aziz against Chelsea on Wednesday night. I really would. I really, really would. Um, it's something. I think it's the Champions things. League final at the weekend, isn't it? Or is that next weekend? No, FA Cup this weekend. Oh, FA Cup this weekend. So I mean, they've they've got some you know they've got some uh, choices to make as well, whether about who they're going to play and who they want to keep. It's fit. To be
1: playing Chelsea, is it? Hmm. Good chance to be playing Chelsea. Like, I just think so. Free- well, I mean, like, it's like Tony free- said, like
2: yeah. I, I just think you know, it's like I said at the start, it's a meh game for me. I'll watch it, like Tony says, because it's my team. But would I rather see Balogun, Aziz he's the 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 young goalkeeper that's just started uh, training with us? Would I much see rather players like that against Chelsea? Yes, I
3: would. I would for the for the rest of the season anyway. Why just, not? Just something you can get behind and, and potentially get excited about. Exactly. You know, we've had a bit yeah, of exactly. a We need something. Yeah.
2: Let's, Lee. I'll come to you with this one first. Being out of Europe, um, like Tony mentioned there, you know that there's a lot of things that we need to do in the summer, including, you know. I don't know, sacking coaches, bringing in more coaches. I mean, I see, I just read, just just before we come on now, I see that Arsenal have brought in a company to um, employ some scouts. Uh, uh, One in Germany for youth, looking for youth players in Germany, and then another one in Germany looking for senior players. Um, One for the UK, one for France and one for Spain. But they still are using this bloody stat DNA thing that I cannot stand that has cost yeah. us. That cost us Kante and cost us Van Dyke. That bloody stat DNA. So, I'm but glad in all,
3: the. Co- do you not think well, that comes down to obviously the experience when you're looking? We've, we've got bringing a company to do our work for us rather than hiring the correct people. Yeah, but people I get that. Melting. That's
2: a very good, that's a very good point. Um, but from what I'm reading uh, in the report, Nolan Partners—they're called—are apparently the biggest um the biggest recruitment company for sports and entertainment um people use to bring in their to bring in their staff so again we're going to have to just sit back and wait and see what happens mm. um but that is a, to me that's a positive step uh, that we're actually bringing in you know I mean because wasn't it wasn't it a couple of years ago we got rid of them all didn't we and they and they were, we're going with out this out that dna Do you know so i've gone off topic a bit Lee um i'll come back to it being yeah. out of europe um is there any advantage to us Listen uh, for being out of Europe next year?
1: People compare it with Chelsea. When Chelsea went out of Europe, they went and spent loads of money in the summer mm. and, and, and made sure that they was going to be, whatever happened, by hook or by crook, they was going to be in the top four or whatever and the next season. They actually went on and won it. Don't think that's going to happen with us if we don't back back whoever it is in Charles. Is it, is it good that Arsenal were out of Europe? When people turn around and go, oh, yeah, it's going to be... No, it's not. You know, we need we need to be in Europe, you know. I think, one, it develops the younger players to play in... Uh, get some Champions League football. Um, not Champions League, uh, Europa League football. Give them a bit of first-team experience. And it's also a chance of getting into, into Europe, you know, the Champions League. Um, instead of going through the top four. To get, to get to the Champions League in the top four is going to be very difficult. Man City, Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool... You know, it's going to be very, very hard to break that. Um, break that um, when you're playing Villarreal and um, Sparta Prague, wherever it is. Like you know, and to get to the Champions League, it's going to be certainly uh, sort the of Europa League. Mind you, the Europa League ain't going to be easy with Juventus in there this time around. So mm. um, you know, it's not. It's not going to be easy. Look at Juventus. You know, talk about them. What a powerhouse they've been in. They put a, a novice of a manager in there, and look what's happened to them. So you know, and they've got good players, by the way. You know, so, um, so I, I do think it does come down to the managers certain certain amount of times. Listen, Arsenal, lot being in Europe, you know, a lot of a lot of fans are not gonna if, they're gonna never experience this. Yeah, true. I'm yeah. not being in Europe, like you know, like fortunately for myself, I've, unfortunately I I have done. You know, I know I know what it's like. Um, but um, we've we've got to deal with it. What I would say is it makes us favourites for the League Cup. You know, what I mean, because at the end of the day, everybody's going to be playing their squads. Is only going to, you know, we'll be playing our full team, won't we? You know, because we've, we, you know, can't be. This is a trouble now with the young players. I look at Balligan, for instance. Where's he going to get his games next season? You can't play him in the League Cup because I will tell you what, if they start playing, uh. Squad players in 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 the uh, League Cup and the FA Cup and throwing them away like they did last year. We when we've only got like so many games, it's not going to be great, is it? So where's so where's he going to get his games? He's going to have to go on loan now because he would have got a lot a lot of games and a lot of rotation during the Europa League. So it's not going to be really good like for, for us. I, I don't care what anybody says, but the reason we're not in Europe is because we don't deserve to be in it. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, well,
2: there's there's no getting away from that fact. Tony, how do you feel about Arsenal not being in Europe next year?
3: Yeah, just reiterating what Lee said, it ain't a good thing to be in. Um, again, both on and off the pitch, in terms of you want to be playing in European competitions, and also the finances. Whether people like it or not, football clubs are a business, and and we're we're a self sustaining model. We we can't rely on staying cronky. You know, if this was, I I alluded to this a little while ago, um, a couple of months ago. If we if we was we had an owner that had a vested interest in Arsenal Football Club that cared about the well-being and the long-term future of Arsenal Football Club. A year out of Europe wouldn't bother me because I think, it, you know, we're not of the same. You know, we haven't got an Abramovich who cares about the club, who's going to invest heavily, who's going to recruit right, who's going to bring in experience. You know, he's got that ruthlessness to win. We haven't got that. So I think it is a bit of a worry. Uh, and I do worry that if we don't get back into Europe next season, having two years out of Europe, will be so detrimental to our long-term success and future, and I think that we could, I mean, we're being left behind as it is. We're a couple of years out of Europe, we'll just fall further and further into mediocrity, and I think we we'll would really, really struggle to get back into that top four, you know, break the monopoly of, you know, you'd look at it, Man City, Man United will be there next season. I think Chelsea are going to run Man City close next year, and you would expect Liverpool to come back all guns blazing, um, yeah. you know, with a crowd behind them. So, like Lee says, you if you're going to put some money, and you're pretty much certain that those four teams are going to be in Europe, um, and then obviously you're fighting to be best of the rest with your Tottenhams, your Everton's, uh, obviously us, West Ham if they continue, which I don't think they will. I think they're having a, a tremendous season, but I can't see that lasting. Um, but yeah, we've we've got to pick ourselves up. We we can't we can't um, sit around and wait and hope for the best. You know, this summer's huge. Before everything happened in the last couple of weeks, this summer is huge for us. And the biggest and most important thing is recruitment. Yep. because we've we've got a group of youngsters now that could lead this club forward for the next ten years. We have to sign and recruit right and put put experienced players in and around those youngsters. Let the young players do their job. They get in and get experience. Um, I think we need powerful players. We've lacked pace and power over the last few years. If we can sign players with you know with pace, power, and experience to to slot in in and around those youngsters, we could be alright. The future could be really really bright. But that comes down to recruitment, and unfortunately. Probably last year we've had some good players in all fairness, good squad players as well. But over the last decade on the whole, recruitment hasn't been great. Been awful. So would you would you you know would you put your mortgage on us to, to get it right this summer? No. I probably wouldn't. No, no
2: absolutely not. I mean Tony, you hit an ad on the head there brilliantly, mate. Like it is a myth that we haven't spent money, Lee. It's a myth. It's a massive myth because we have, but we've just really? like Tony says, we've spent it on rubbish. I mean, I go back to the stack DNA thing. We signed Mustafi instead of Van Dyke. We signed uh, Xhaka instead of Kante. You, you know, I mean, it's just waste of money, isn't it? Do you know? So so if when people come to me, they're always coming to me and saying, oh, uh, you know, we need to spend money, we need to spend money. But my my argument has always been that we have spent money, but just poorly. And Tony, and Tony hits the nail on the head. If we're... This brings me on to the next point of the players that we're... That we're reportedly getting rid of next year. Leno, I think is itching to get out of the club, uh, Bellerin, Torreira, Gwendouzi, Maitland, Niles, um, and Klosniak, although are the only names reported at the moment who want to leave the club or the club are looking to sell names, not in there. Lacazette, William, Elneny, Nelson, Willock and Nikita. Um,
1: do you know, that comes from, uh,
2: sorry, I just want to give uh, Tom Canton credit for that. Um, that's because that's from Tom Canton's report. You can read his report on 101Goals.com. Um go over to Tom Canton Media and have a look at the report for yourself. Um, yeah, well, so I just wanna like, to give Tom like a thought for that.
1: One, but, but not mentioning Eddie and Lacazette is uh, is is uh, is not a good night, you know. Listen, this is what I say about recruitment, like I don't know what's gone on with the Leno situation. It must be a new contract there. But if Leno what what has made a difference within a year that he wants to be be get out of? If it is the case, why didn't they get rid of him last season? Mm. It just it doesn't make sense, you know what I mean, from that point well, of view.
2: As, as a goalkeeper, I could say that he might want out because he's had enough of he's had enough of the shit defending and he's had enough of having to play with different sets of defenders every week.
3: He's made mistakes himself when he's played. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, he's if he was squeaky clean you go, do you know what, yeah, you've you've you have you you have Back to us, you, you've kept, uh, kept in goal clean sheets and you've you've not been at fault for any, but he's just as much to blame as the defence. Yeah, you know, get your own house in order before you start blaming others. And and like I said a lot of these players are accountable for the mess we're in. This is not a, a one person's mistake. This is this is a collective issue. Mm. And if I was Arsenal players, I'd be damn doing my hardest to make sure I rectify that next season, rather than just you know going going out with a whimper. I mean, Scuddy
2: brings in a question here. What do you think... uh, I haven't read these these reports, actually. Um, I don't know if you two have. What do you guys think about reports on senior players blaming the youngsters for poor form this season? I mean, if that's true, goodness me. I'd like to know who that was because I don't think any senior player... Any senior player has uh, warranted having a go at any of the youth
1: players this year? Well, you know, listen, the youth players have carried, carried, carried this this season, end of life, so I don't, I don't really go along with that, like, you know. And if, if someone has come out and said that, they need their arse slapped, you know what I mean, as simple as that, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think with um, the Leno situation, if it is absolutely true, and that has come out, what was he in goal for at this moment in time? You know, get Ryan in there, get him experience and say to him, look, there's a chance for you to play at this club, football club long term. The other side of it is, and, and I, I don't know if I actually believe this with Leno, maybe he's trying to force a better contract and all that. What club would have him? I, I mean, big, big club would have him. You know, Munich in Germany, no. I don't think there's any, like, seems... So I'm not so sure about it. I think maybe he's just, you know, agents are trying to push for a contract or something. I, I, I agree that um, you know, uh, he hasn't had much in front of him at times and that's something that we've got to address. Again, man management uh, again from Mikel Arteta. Why hasn't Saliba been given a chance? You know, when I look at the, the the chances that certain other central defenders have had in the team. So, you know, we may be I think um, defensively better if we can get in a right back and, and we've got Saliba, Gabriel but you know, you would, you, I'd still like Arsenal to maybe keep um, uh, David Luiz for another season just to, for the experience side of things. Um, we've, we've got two or three decent sort of left-sided defenders. We've got on the right-hand side, it's as weak as anything. And normally in football, it's the other way around. So, you know, we've got to recruit there. Um, and, and as I say, I think that, you know, this summer, as you say, like, the, the club have spent money, £45 million on part A. Mind you, he's not worth forty five million pound. By the way, you know. Um, so I have.
2: Can I come? I I have my my um, my thoughts about that signing. I think it's the easiest signing the Arsenal Football Club have ever made, and I will tell you why. It was all it was was go over there, forty five million. They can't say no. He can't say no. And as long as we as long as we give him enough money, he was always going to come. So it was the easiest signing ever.
3: I'm not sure, Craig, about that easy signing. We still haggled and took weeks and weeks to get it over the line. We could have got that done and dusted weeks before he actually signed, and he would have been a you know a couple of weeks ahead in terms of fitness and progression into the team. And we still haggled until we realised unless we pay that release clause, we ain't getting him no other way. And in the end, Arsenal begrudgingly, I think, had to pay it. But
2: I mean imagine 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 trying to bargain over a forty five million pound release clause for him. I mean <laughs> That just goes to show you everything, doesn't it? Do you know?
1: The other thing is now that I see that a while thing has come back up today, and it like you know what I mean thirty million when we was looking to play sixty million for him last last summer. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I think that with the A one, they they I think what they I know they messed about a it a little bit, but I think that they tried to sign that a while. So I, and I couldn't get a deal done in the end. And, uh, you know, if Arsenal go back this season and get him for £30 million, I, I I would turn around and go, do you know what, it was worth waiting a year. And that's probably why Ola Gard's on loan for us at this moment in time, you know, to just see us through until we get him. So it'd be interesting. I think it'd be an interesting summer to see what happens. I, I, I you know... I expect a lot of activity coming through the door, and, 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 and we're going to have to I feel like, be like a revolving door, won't it? Like loads going out and loads coming in, like you know. So it'd be interesting to see which ones were coming in and which would ones. You boys
3: t- would you boys target a centre back, uh, main centre back next year, or would you, you go? Do you know what? We've got left sided cover. We're going to go with Saliba next season.
2: Yeah, I think Saliba definitely comes back yeah, into the team next season, season. Yeah. Uh,
3: as, as first choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think
2: Mikel Arteta done. A lot of people gave Mikel Arteta a stick for sending Saliba back to France, but I actually think it was the best thing he did uh, with the player. Yeah, he came over, and then unfortunately, he had a lot of personal problems. His mum passed away. Um, this, that, and the you other. Know, that's going to affect a footballer of that age. Big. So it's going to affect any footballer, um, it's but especially anyone Of course, of course. Um, and him being away from France and being very young, and you know he didn't want to be here. He wanted to be in France. He wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be in France closer to his family and, and things like that. So sending him back, I think was a good thing. Instead of just keeping him here and giving him bit part, bit part, uh, bit part minutes in, in, in games that really didn't mean much. Sending him out and having him on loan has been a really, really good choice. And like we are I mean, I'm reading, we're all reading the reports about how highly spoken of he is over there. All of a sudden again, you know, so, I think we bring him in and I think we we bring him back and we put him straight in um, alongside Gabriel for me uh, and, and and we go from there.
3: I think I think sending Guendouzi was a, a good thing as well because Guendouzi, for all these tenaciousness, enthusiasm, ability, he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. Yes. Now, he's had a little bit of trouble. Uh, he's a lone club, is it for Bellin? for Bellin. Uh, yeah. He had a row with a captain or something. But this week could make or break uh, Matteo ogwin footballing career because he's got he's got everything in his locker for me to to go on to to reach the very top. I think he, he could potentially be that good. He's just had a kid. Now, I'm yeah. really hoping that the chip comes off his shoulder, the attitude goes, and all of a sudden, you've got this mature player. Now, we done something similar with Chesney a few years ago and we thought, you know, we'll, we'll loan him out, we'll get rid of that um, immaturity and all that. He matured and then we sold him. Yeah. Is, you know, what's the point in loaning him these these are examples Saliba, Guendouzi now Guendouzi is a question mark because it all depends on his attitude but we've potentially got Guendouzi, Saliba and Willock who have benefited from the loan system so well and that's what it's there for yeah. you know they could be the mainstay of Arsenal like I say for, you know, along with these youngsters for 5-10 years you know and this is what it's got to be useful but don't send them out on loan gain the experience and then either send them on loan again or sell them because yeah. it's pointless now they've earned their stripes you know they've earned the right to play give them the opportunity now make him say, "Look, there's a there's a there's a path to the first uh, first team squad. It's yours if you want it. It's all up to you now."
2: Yeah, Lee. On <laughs> uh, Tony mentions a player there that you know who I love, um, and I'd love to see him come back to Arsenal. And that is, of course, uh, Chesney. A lot of people I put it out on Twitter. You know that oh, I'd love to see him back, and straight away I have a deluge of people. Oh, he's rubbish. He's this. He's that. And this. That. And the other. Now, I would just like to quickly remind people that this goalkeeper, this boy, who's supposedly rubbish, who's he's not a boy anymore, is he? He's, what is he, 20, 28 now, I think. Um 31. Is he 31? Bloody hell. Well, that's prime. That's prime, prime goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Um this this lad went over to uh went over to Roma and got Allison out of the goal, who is now supposedly the world's best goalkeeper. Uh, playing for Liverpool, and also went to Juventus, um, and, took, uh, uh, and went to Juventus on uh, Buffon, uh His his say, he told the, the Juventus people to go and get him, and here he is playing for Juventus. He's won Champions You know, he's, he's done this, that, and the other. Why not bring him
1: back? What? It's a massive yes for me. Would you take him back? Listen, I'm going to be really honest with you. I haven't seen enough Juventus games to say yes. This that he's improved or whatever, like you know. Um, and why Juventus letting him go would be one thing if that's the case. Um, because
3: but because they're listen, getting Donnarumma in for free. And all yeah, exactly. day, yeah, no. He's played about 400 games and, and he's about
2: 20 years old. And they're going down into the Europa League. So
1: and if they, yeah, so if that's what they Rangers. want to do, I, I would I would look at. Um, I I wouldn't say no. But um, we've got to, you know, if Leno's going to go, we're going to have to go looking for a goalkeeper, and I think that I don't want to scum in looking cheap. No, you know, we'll I'll have to
2: go looking for two because uh, Matt Ryan's only on loan. If,
1: uh, if you could sign Chesney Matt Ryan, the West Brom goalkeeper, um, the West Brom goalkeeper, yeah, very impressive him. So, um, but again, you don't really know because where, when you're playing at West Brom, you're being busy all the time. We, you, you know, so I'll. I'll you know, that's some which saying that we could look at. You know, Chesney. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a, against it. I don't. I, I'll never turn around and say, "Oh no, I'm not having not having that," because I think that when he went to Italy, as Tony said, he matured and become a much better goalkeeper than when he left. And then we sold him for for pittance. Now we might have a, a little cheeky little buyback clause in there. Who knows? I don't know. So, uh, but I wouldn't be. You know, if Leno, listen, if Leno wants to go, I've got no problems in.
3: Sign right off you get off your
2: trot. I haven't either because if you don't off want to play it, the then go. You know what I
3: mean. Yeah, I don't care how good you are if you don't it'll it'll, want to. Yeah. I don't. Boys, do you know what? Do you know what though as well? If you could get thirty million for Leno now, and you could sign Chesney on a free and Matt Ryan for two or three million or a free, whatever it is, you know, I spoke about being shrewd in the transfer market. Now, if we could get thirty million for Leno, buy two keepers for nothing. And use that 30 million to strengthen other key mm. areas like a right no back, brainer. defensive midfielder, centre midfielder. We've got to look at that. And I know people turn their nose up, but the in Arsenal fan base is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, don't want to sign this one. Don't want to sign. I mean, Lee, we speak to obviously Dobbsy in the group, Northern Irish boy, been going on about Johnny Evans for years. We've always laughed about him. We've always mocked it. But 3 million for him two or three years ago was an absolute no brainer when we needed him, an experienced player at the back. And instead, we yeah. had a few donkeys. You know, sometimes we've got to stop turning our nose up. Uh, at certain players, we need to we need to look at what they can offer us, rather than just going on because they're, if they're a household name or not. Now, like I said, sh- we've got to be shrewd in the transfer market, and if we can get thirty million for um, Leno, bring in Chesney and Ryan uh, for freebie, that covers that area, which means we can focus on other more important um, important uh, issues on the, uh, sort of across the park.
2: Mm. I mean, Lee Tony Tony's speaking brilliant there about being shrewd. Uh, in a transfer market and kind of only spending money that we can make. Do you believe what the Cronkies have come out and said um, during the week that Mikel Arteta is going to be backed? They're going to prove to us that they deserve to be um, owners of Arsenal, that they are the right fit for Arsenal. How many times have we heard this? Two years ago, it was Josh Cronky telling us to be excited. Um Two years season down the ticket line, renewal
3: time, isn't
2: it? Yeah, well, this is it, Tony. So that's what I was just about to say. Um, it is season ticket renewal time. He told us to be excited. Two years later, we're still not excited, and they're no promising us that you know they're the right they're the right people for this club. What do you say about that?
1: Well, exactly that. You know, how can you trust? How can you trust someone that don't tell you the truth all the time? You know, I don't, don't matter who it is. Whether it be an owner of a football club, your bird, or, or your mum and dad. You know what I mean. My mum, you know, I mean, my mum and dad told me there was Father Christmas for a long time. You know what I mean, out of order. You know what I mean, like you know. So at the end of it, you have to look at this. Cronky, he told us to be excited, right? Well, excited about what? Excited not playing in Europe. What? What have an Arsenal fans got to be excited about? Because they haven't. So words. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing. Action. Action. Speak louder yeah. than words. You know, get your money out and back the club and do the right thing. You know what I mean? And go and get the players. Now, again, we, we, we did turn around and say, we, we did, you know, they did go out there. They, they bought Gabriel last season. They spent a lot of money on William for wages. They actually, you know, went and bought Partey. So you've got to look at it and go, well, hold on a minute. They didn't do too bad there, if you be honest. But they've got to do that again and again. You know, I, I honestly think if Arsenal if you realistically want Arsenal to be back chasing challenging, I'm not saying the title, challenging for top four. You're looking at two hundred, two hundred and fifty million pound to, to uh to be invested. Plus the
2: money we make from sell sale, from sales.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, so so it's going to be a real a real thing. But if you could say, like for instance, and I'm not saying I'm just going to throw a couple of names out here. You know, you can sign the uh, Haaland at uh, uh, Dortmund, and I don't know Jack Grealish uh, uh, at Aston Villa, somebody like that. Just for instance, like there's there's you know two hundred and there's one hundred and fifty million already, right? But then you know you sign a couple, of, uh, get rid of a couple of players, and you, all of a sudden you think, oh you are a player and oh, they ain't got Europe, but hold on a minute, Arsenal just signed two massive players, you know, have done this and done that. You know, I think someone said to me the other day, now don't quote me on this because I'm not sure, but Arsenal signed um, Dennis Bergkamp with no European football, and I don't know if that's true or not, Like, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that, but it was a massive, massive statement. Dennis Bergkamp coming to the club, and that, and and it's a domino effect, you know what I mean? Now I don't quote me on that thing about Europe. So Lee, he got, got us got into come Europe come at
3: the end of that year with that goal against Bolton. Do you remember? That's right. Yeah, he yeah, got us into
1: Europe. Was you. that the year before? In no, we,
3: we wasn't. We we'd had I think a year out of Europe, and he scored that goal. Right. So the last game so, of the season so the against Bolton, top corner. Right. So so there you go.
1: So so it can be done. It can. But do you know what? You had someone like David Dean who weren't going to put up with the rubbish. I think we had a bad, bad year under George Graham. So it was about right. I think we was right down the bottom bottom half of the table. So it is right, like you know. So we're in probably the same sort of situation then as we are now. And we signed Dennis Burkham. So we need a big, big statement from the board and then a big player to come in like, you know. Tony, do you, those three players that you mentioned—you know—we're talking about. So you,
2: you know, we're kind of going backwards and forth. You know, spending, talking about spending big money, in the players that we'd like to see come in. I mean, there's two players there that Lee's mentioned, who I think we have no chance of signing because of not having any European football. It's all right to have the money to pay for them and to pay for their wages, but does the player want to come to a club where he's not playing European football? And you know, the willip the Gwendousies. Uh, the Saliba, are they players that you think deserve to be Arsenal players next season?
3: Yeah, I, I do. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Willock. I know he's probably not going to reach the height of potentially Saka, maybe, but I still think he's got a lot to offer. I still think he's got a, a lot of potential. I just, I think we need to un- try and unlock his potential, um, find his best position. I think Saliba's got again all, all the ingredients to succeed. And Guendouzi, well, it's down to Guendouzi, whether he succeeds or not. Um, If if his ego and and attitude uh, allows him to, he could go on and and be as good as he wants to be. Um, But, yeah, I think we're in a a similar position to Liverpool a few years ago. Now, I'm going to go back to what I said about Arsenal fans and snobbery. Now, Liverpool went and signed players from Hull that just got relegated. You know, Sunderland, Southampton and Newcastle, they built and they built with experience. Not necessarily world-class players as individuals. But they identified the right because what they were trying to do was build. Now, we've got a foundation we can build from with these youngsters. And now it's about putting the pieces together and building it up right. Now, if you go and look at people like Pesuma, he, he's at the right age, 25. He fits the bill. I'm not interested whether a player costs $100 million or a million. I'm not interested whether they're big or small, this or that, whatever. It's all about whether they're the right players and the right fit for Arsenal Football Club. And can they take this football club forward? Now, there's, there's there's certain players I would spend money on. I think like the right-back, Max Aaron's. I think he's mm. got the ingredients to succeed. 30 million, go and give him the 30 million. And this is where I said, if we can be shrewd with certain people like the goalkeeper situation, if Leno does want to go, then it allows you to spend on a fullback. Right, I only want to spend 20 million on a fullback, but I've, I've saved some money on the goalkeeper. I've, I've sold Leno, so I can afford to go a little bit more. And it's just about identifying the right players for the right positions and the right fit. I'm I'm sick and tired of this football club, square pegs in round holes. It's been like that for far too long. Now, in all fairness to Arteta and Edu, for all the sticking and the criticism that we've got, the couple of things that they have done is they've tied down our uh, youngsters to long-term contracts. So if we do have to sell our valuable assets, they can go for maximum um, value, something we've not had for a long, long time. And two, if you look at the signings in Cedric, Mari, Gabriel, you know those type of players. Obviously, uh, Tierney was the year before, but the signings have got better in recent se- seasons. But now it's just piecing all the jigsaw together and making sure the coach gets everything right because it's all well and good having the ingredients. But if the manager doesn't put them in the right order, we're not going to move forward either way. Mm. So this is where I said there's there's more than one issue for me in how to take this club forward. It has to we have to get it right this summer from the top to the bottom. Um, otherwise, we are going to be left behind.
2: Mm. A quick question or yes or no answer before we go on to some questions because there's some questions in the chat there that I want to ask you. Uh, Lee, Arteta next season, after everything we've spoken about, uh, players coming in, players going out, putting round pegs in round holes, if that all happens, um, are you happy for Arteta to have another go at it? Or do you want another experienced coach, manager, coach, whatever you want to call them? No.
1: Out. At his chance, go.
3: He said Tony? one word,
1: please. One word, he said. <laughs> no. T- Tony? Mm.
2: you trust him? If, if the Cronkies came, if we woke up in the morning... One I'm word. If we, if we woke up in the morning and the yellow bar along the thing is saying, Stan Cronkies given Mikel Arteta £300 million... For an Arsenal rebuild, do you trust him to spend a three hundred million pounds?
3: With what I've said, in the, seen in the last couple of weeks, no, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I'm, the same. I, I'm, I'm hope the same. I'm proven wrong, but yeah, I, yeah, I just, just some of the selections and tactics makes so it have to be no as as we are right now. Yeah,
2: I mean, like I said, a lot. Everyone who watched this podcast this season, Lee knows, you know, Dan, Harry, I've backed Mikel Arteta to to the highest possible way I could, but after Thursday. As soon as that final whistle went, I was I was I'll her out because it's just not good enough. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't good enough. People can go back on the season if he if he'd have won the Europa League and we're back in the Champions League, you could find you could, could kind of forgive him a little bit for for the poor season because the you know the Holy Grail had been achieved, getting us back into the Champions League. So that was our target
3: at the start. Of the exactly, season, yeah. yeah. So
2: if a manager gets you back in the Champions League and he's had a poor league, he's had a poor league run. Then perhaps then you have to sit back and go okay, okay. But then I asked myself the question: Do I want Mikel Arteta managing us in the Champions League after what we've seen this year? You know, that was another thing for me, and I, I'm not quite sure I would want to see him managing us in the Champions
3: League. Uh, to be honest, I'd love to sit down with him, Craig, and just speak to him because I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to replicate Man City. Unfortunately, he hasn't got the same ingredients as what nah, Man City. Has got, exactly. So, trying to be too clever. You need to go, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to get the best out of what I've got. I'm going to let the handbrake off. A bit like we did Slavia Prague. He allowed those players to, to let the handbrake off. And I think that he needs to... He, I think he's beating himself up a lot of the time. He's he's overthinking things. And more than not, he's defeating himself. Yeah. You know, he just needs to, like I say, let the handbrake off. Use what we've got and try and play to the best of our ability. We know we haven't got well, world-class players. We know we haven't got elite players. And we know we haven't got the greatest of squads. But use what we've got. And use our best attributes, mm. um, and if it means us winning four three and all that for this season, so be it. Mm. Uh, or if it means us losing but playing, it, you know, with a certain identity, fine.
1: But exactly. Like I, say, I, I
3: just think he's overdoing it. He's, he, he, he's being too cautious at times. He's just uninspiring, and I, and yeah. I really hate to say that because I, I I like the man a lot and I have backed him from the start. Uh, so it does pain me to say that.
2: Mm. I mean, um, I mean, even interviews are winding me up now. It's it's the same thing every. Every week, every, he says the same thing every week, just in a different way. And you're looking, sh- shouting at the telly at him, like, you know, it's just, <laughs> what is it that we can see that he can't? All the fans can see what he needs to do. Like Lee said, put Saka in at left back. Bring Saka back into the middle. It, why, why, oh, I don't know. Like, we, we could sit here for hours, you know, b- b- dissecting the whole season about what he's done and this, that and the other. Let's get on to some questions here. This is a good one. Um, Abdallah I hope I've said that right I hope I've said that right Thanks for your question mate Um, Thanks for watching Question for the panel Would you take Chelsea Winning the Champions League If it meant Arsenal Got top four next season No Judges is having a Judges is having a think No I'm the same yeah I couldn't have them winning that Oh Still not hearing the last of it. going to um, say, not
3: twice. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. Not too, exactly, exactly. Mm. This one comes in from Pid's question. Do you think Leno, unfortunately, is one of these that likes to blame others for his mistakes? Oh, good question. Mm. Do you know not what I don't like he, about him? Though? I don't like other people. I don't think he blames other people, but it's like that goal. The goal we conceded against uh, Everton. The ball went through his legs and went in the goal. And the first thing he done was turn around to his defence and put his hands up in the air as if to say, w- 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 "Why did you let him through?" I mean, that's schoolboy. That, school boy, that- like, like, I can tell. I keep going back to it as a goalkeeper. I was coached at the age of seven years old that you never ever, you know, leave a leave a gap in between your legs.
3: You know, I mean, in some regards, he was right because he, he shouldn't have got through in that position. True. And even though he takes a slight deflection. It, it, you know, if Everton go and score from the top corner, sticking in the roof of the net, then he's got the right to blame the defence. But it was a culmination of mistakes. And then for him just to let the ball go through, it, well, yes, it took a deflection, but it was a minute deflection. For a goalkeeper of his standard and ability, he should not be going through his legs there. You know, like I say, if he goes top corner or bottom corner, yeah, you, you go fair enough. But it's not. Um, he's another one, again, I alluded to earlier in the in the podcast, mate, but he talks a, a good game. Sometimes he just needs to keep his mouth shut and let his sort of feet, hands do the talking. Um, you know, last week he's talking a good game, and then he goes out and makes a mistake. So, yeah, I think he's part of the problem.
2: Yeah, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think, I think he's, I think he's saved our arses more than he's cost him. To be honest, I think people are a bit. Mm. Uh, I think, I think people are a bit quick to jump on him.
1: He's decent. Like I said,
2: it, it's a lone, it's a lonely position on the pitch when you make a mistake. I tell you, because everyone's looking at you. If you make a mistake on the pitch as a player, you can run around and try and get out of the out of the firing line. But, you know, when you're a goalkeeper and everyone's, you know, it's a very, very lonely position. Um, Boys, just in regards when you make to that at the
3: moment, you know, do you not think the goalkeeper situation, not just at Arsenal, but across the world, mm-hmm. how many elite keepers would you say there are at the moment? Because well, Alisson's regard. uh, regarded as, as, as one of the best keepers in the world. He's, he's made so many mistakes. Yeah. Edison's probably the keeper and uh, uh, maybe... Um, uh, Mate, uh, uh, Neuer, you know they're probably two of the keepers who have made least mistakes, and uh, Oblak, yeah, Oblak, yeah, made the least, you know, but so many keepers this year. You know, the game has dropped, drops drops standards. Someone someone brought up about yeah. the ball, and I'm thinking, well, in some of the instances, yes, you can blame the ball because it swerves and all that. But when keepers are making the f- uh, mistakes with the ball at the feet, do you think they've overcomplicated that position? Because at the end of the goal, you're a goalkeeper that's just got to save the ball. I mean, more than football? It's really the game. Only? I think.
2: I think it's a it's a great point, Tony. But I think it's the game. It's the way the game has been
3: revolutionised about this yeah. this yeah. playing out from the back business. I mean. I've just never seen keepers make so many mistakes in my 33 years in my life. I've just never seen it. I'd
1: rather see my I'd rather have my goalkeeper save, come out for crosses, punch when he went to, than than be a be a fantastic kicker or or passer. Exactly.
2: Commanding is what you want. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Matt Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was Matt Ryan away at Newcastle. What a superb game he had. What a superb game. A couple of those catches he took. Well. I mean, you know, if, if if like Tony says, if Nua does that, or Black does that, or something, you know, everyone's going, oh, what a catch! What a great goalkeeper, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and another thing about Matt Ryan is he was speaking in in the defenders' languages to him. This that was reported. Do you know that he was talking Spanish to uh, one player, and he was speaking another language to the other player? I mean, that's what you want out of a goalkeeper. The defense need to know that that goalkeeper has got their back. Uh, on, as much, presence. as much, yeah, as much as the goalkeeper wants to know that his and know what they're doing, you know. Um, let's bring this one in. Uh, this one's from Alex. Thank you, Alex, for your question. Thanks for the support. Let's look at this from another angle. KSE keeps saying managers are going to be backed, but how are they being backed when we're signing on deadline day? Nice question, mm. and a good, gr- and, a, and a, a good question, and a good point. Yeah, I mean, why uh, is it
3: that we always do our best business on transfer deadline day? Yeah, why don't just yeah, go you know, and, get they... and get
2: it done?
3: But does that also come down to the, the experience at, at those levels? You know, we, we've got an owner that doesn't really care, and the, the people below him are fairly inexperienced. You know, that's where we need someone who's more knowledgeable, more experienced, maybe at board level, just to help direct and steer the ship. Um, you know, Edu, Edu again is coming to this pretty much his first job. Okay, he's done a bit with his national team, but it was his first time. You know, Arteta, they're inexperienced guys. And although they've got their faults and flaws, ultimately the owner's got to start taking uh, ownership of the club.
2: Here comes another question. Lee, uh, this one's from Patrick. Uh, do you think Basuma will go to Arsenal? Now, like, I'm worried now, Lee, about being out of Europe because... When you hear, I mean, I hear that someone else is coming in for him. I think it was, did I hear Liverpool or Man United coming in for this fella? Um, that's a no-brainer for him. You know, if, if, you're, a, if you're a professional footballer and, and you've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United looking for you, Arsenal's straight out of the
1: equation. Well, not necessarily because you've got to look at it long-term. We've had this argument before, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't say that it's out of the question. But what I'm saying is that it's going to be a lot tougher with us, not with the way we are now. Uh, that, that, let's, let's be, be uh, truthful about it. You know, he's an Arsenal fan, apparently, like, you know, and we just have to wait and see. Um, but Brighton to Arsenal, you know, um, you're going to take that all day long. But as you say, if another club comes through. Also, like if you're going to go to Arsenal, you're going to guarantee you know, like if you're going to sign, you're going to be playing all the time. If, if, say, for instance, he's going to go to another club, say Liverpool, maybe whoever, like those sort of teams, he's not going to play week in, week out. I don't know. So, um, we'll have to wait and see on that. I think every every um, transfer we make is going to be made is going to be a little bit tougher because of the predicament we're in mm. 100%. Well, I'll tell you this now if I was my I wouldn't come to Arsenal. I wouldn't want to put I wouldn't want to play under Arteta Simple as that because I I think he stifles it stifles stifle, wouldn't let you play doesn't um sort of like over over analyzes things you know you're not allowed to express yourself so for me I I, I wouldn't go I wouldn't play surely under
2: surely if Arteta's bringing him in he's going to play him surely
1: Yeah but like you know you might get four games and get dropped might you play four games get dropped again
2: Well from, from what we've seen no because William can do what he wants, and he don't get dropped, does he?
1: Yeah, well, this is that's the thing, isn't it? You know, what I mean, I, as I say, like you know, I'd be very, um, you know, as much as I love Arsenal, even you know, if I was in my, if I was in there at this moment in time, and I'm an Arsenal fan, you know, like you, there's half of you saying, yeah, yeah, you got to go and play for Arsenal, but the other half saying, whoa, hold
3: on a minute. But yeah, that would come down to discussions with, with the manager and the club itself. Because if Arsenal turn around and say, look, we're going to splash £250 million this year and we're determined to get back in the Champions League and he sees directions, he sees, um, you know, progression from what Arsenal are this season to what they were a few seasons ago, he'll go, first team football at Arsenal, yeah, well, I'll have some of that. So, again, it depends on on what the, the plans are, the di- uh, direction that the club wants to go in. It's not just... Uh, you know, look. If, we, if we're going head-to-head with Man City, we've got to go, well, look, you're going to get minutes compared to you're going to get, you know, you're going to be a squad player at City. Um, so, yeah, that would come down to discussion. But we, we're still the Arsenal. We're still a huge name in Welsh. Oh, yeah, don't get me but wrong. But Obviously, I just... if, if we have a second season out of Europe, all of a sudden that starts dwindling. You know, and this yeah, is where yeah. we've got to be careful. We've got to be shrewd in the transfer market. People like Pesuma should be getting tapped up now. People like Besuma should be getting signed as soon as the transfer um, market yeah. uh, window reopens. And that's where we've got to get in and get our business done early because we haven't got European football on our side this year. Exactly. I mean, Charlie mm.
2: look, Charlie says, look, bring that brings me brilliantly. Leicester are already moving in the transfer market. We need to be doing this. But we exactly. move like a small club. Absolutely. Great point, Charlie. Thanks very much indeed, mate. Um, it's a couple more then. Luke says, question, do you think... Uh, The be excited quote was them thinking we'll love the idea of the European Super League. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Them thinking that we'd love the idea of the European Super League. Uh, That's why uh, it's been in the works for three years. And that was around the same time he said, be excited. Bloody good point
1: that Lee. Yeah. Great point. Great point. point. You know, um, well, it could, could well be that because there's nothing to excite us anything else along the way, is there like, you know, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm not been excited about Arsenal. I've never, do you know what? I haven't gone into a season for a very, very long while after on the back of a transfer window, thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm excited about the prospects of Arsenal Football Club." I wasn't that over keen about it last season, the season before. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. And if if um, they don't make any signings, that we'll be here this time next season. Just put this on the re- put this on uh, a replay.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, exactly. We could upload all the all the, all the podcasts. And what about you, Tony? Um, what do you reckon about that? This is be excited thing. I mean, because oh, like Lee think, said earlier. Ch- what?
3: Sorry, mate.
2: Go on. No, it's like Lee said earlier. You know what? What to be excited about? What?
3: I, I it's a good point the, about the European Super League. Yeah, I think the gentleman just then. I think it's a, it's a great point, point. Um, and it sort of coincides with like you say the t- time frame. Um, this has been in the works for a long time. I think they, the six or seven owners in England, I think they've all been in on it. I think, um, like I say, that it's been in works for a long time. Um, but at the moment, there's nothing to be excited about the current Arsenal. Um, but what I will say, for all the doom and gloom, this can be rectified in the summer. Um, not just about, obviously, moving the club forward. Well, yeah, moving the club forward. Uh, it all comes down to the, the transfer market, the budget, uh, and how shrewd we are. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it's up to whether they're going to back or Saka Teta, which is a decision I think they're, they're going to back him. But, yeah, it comes back down to the transfer market, we could be excited. The whole the whole ethos and the outlook of Arsenal Football Club can change again come the summer. Mm. But it's not up to us, it's up to the people in charge. And I just worry whether they're experienced enough to to, to get us started, uh, excited again.
2: Lee, is it all doom and gloom for next season? You know, is it... Yeah. You don't know, yeah. do you? Yeah, well, yeah, this is what I mean. I mean, like, we've seen... I keep going back to... You, know, you, moment, you, you, you mentioned you... you mentioned the Chelsea thing. You know, they were out of Europe, but they had to go and spend a lot of money to get back into Europe. You know, we saw Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp. Took him three... You know, took him two or three years. But, see, the difference with Jurgen Klopp that worries me is, is that after two years, you could see what it was that Klopp was doing. Whereas Arteta, we still can't see... What you know what the progression is, what or what what it is he wants to do? Aston Villa last season stayed up by the skin of their teeth. now they're having a better season. yeah you know, I mean, is it all doom and gloom? We, I know we can't look we can't look to the future, we, we can't we we can't predict the future, but is this do you know when something needs to happen? Yeah, exactly for it yeah. to get get to, for it to get good again. <laughs>
1: the manager turned around and said that there's going to be loads of changes in the summer and it's going to be good. So that's, that's what's going to have to happen. now I'm not going to get excited until I see it. And, and, and uh, and, you know, it is a wait and see situation. It's because they're just going to go out and buy a load of players. doesn't necessarily mean those players, no guarantee those players are going to be successful. So you're just mm-hmm. going to have to see how it goes. And, uh, Come the first game of the season, I'm no, I'm not going to be excited. What will will get me changed my mind is if the players come in and they look like they're going to be a side, we, we, we start winning some games of football. But ultimately, this season, we can't win five games on the spin. We've not done it all season. So until they start doing that, we you know, that's it. We've got a manager that can't consistently get it right because he can consistently cons- consistently keep changing the team, chopping and changing it. So we need to get a, a back four that we're going to be settled with and a, and a goalkeeper. And then we go from there. Um, listen, I go back to the bad times at Arsenal under George Graham when he first took over. You could see it in, in 87 when they won the League Cup, you could see they got to a 20-game unbeaten run. They looked like there was promise with youngsters and whatever. I look a, li- a little bit like that of Arsenal now. This is what we need. When Arsene Wenger came in within the first year, I, I thought we could go and do things, and we was excited. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't feel like at this moment in time I can get excited about Arsenal. One because of the owners, and two because of the manager.
2: Tony, what, what, what I finish on you, mate? What about you? You know what? Let's let's. I'll flip it to you then. What we don't make any signings, or we make mediocre signings. Arteta is still the manager at the start of the season. What then? What? How are you going to feel then? What, what, what's going to happen?
3: Pretty much how I felt on Thursday, mate, deflated. Mm. Um, and like I said to you, to, to, when you look at a number of players we've got, the future could potentially be really, really bright. Um, but as I keep saying, as I keep alluding to, this transfer market is huge. You could go and sign the, uh, the world's best 15 players. It doesn't mean they're going to improve Arsenal. Yeah. Because if they don't click and they don't gel, you know, individual players win you games, squads win you trophies. OK, now this is why we've got to identify players in early. We've got to sign them early and we've, we've got a few pieces of the jigsaw in place, but we need to put the rest in place and we need to make sure we identify these players. And this is why I say this transfer market is huge because we have to identify or be identifying the players probably six months ago. You know, we don't need... You know a right back who could play six positions. We need we need to identify the positions. We need uh, you know these stop gaps as well. Stop gap signings are no good. Get in early, get it done. Identify the players and build your squad. Uh And potentially the, the future could look good because, like I say, when you look at Saliba and potentially Mendoza, Saka, Smith Rowe, Willock, it does look good. And we have got a lot of, a lot of young talent. But We need to make sure that we've got experience. Uh, players with pace and power in and around them to protect them because, as good as those uh, young players are, they're going to be inexperienced. They're not physically strong enough to cope, you know, no. going to, you know, up north on a, on a Wednesday night when they're being kicked the shit out of, you know. So, you, you need you need, you need need a squad. And as good as the Invincibles was, uh, you know, the double winning side and that, you had players like the Keyones and the Parlors who could come in and do a job, you know, who could mix it up. It's not just about playing great football, it's about mixing it up as well. And unfortunately, at the moment, our squad's not. We haven't got enough in our squad to mix it up. We either play one way or we lose. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um, But I think, I suppose, the one thing that we can all safely say, all of us Arsenal fans, everyone that's watching, uh, we'll be there again. We'll be there at the start of the season again. um, Ready for, I don't know, another depressing 12 months or... Good, good times. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, uh, for staying with you, for staying with us. Over five hundred um, of you watching us live this evening. Thank you very, very much indeed for the support. Um, absolutely massive. Uh, like I said, you keep coming. We'll keep doing it. Um, there was a couple of people in the chat this evening asking why there was no super chats. Uh, there is a video. If you look at the channel update video, that will explain why there's no super chats. Uh, but if you do, if you do want to make a donation to the podcast, you can via the link, which is in the description. Um, just click that link and it will take you to our coffee page and you can leave, um, I think the minimum donation there is, free, uh, three pound. So if you've, if you've enjoyed the podcast this week, uh, or last week or the week before, you can make a, you can make a donation to us. Thank you very, very, very much indeed. Um, Tony, thank you very much for your time this evening. It's been great to have you on. Great to get another, um, great to get another another fan's perspective of what's been going on. So thank you very much, mate.
3: Mate, thanks for having us. I've uh, enjoyed the chat. Shame it weren't on um, better circumstances and we wasn't yeah. uh, celebrating a few more wins higher up the league. In that, but yeah, really enjoyed tonight. Thanks for having me, mate.
2: You're welcome, mate. You're welcome, judges. Uh, as as always, thank you very much. I know you're a sought after man, um, and you never let me down every Monday night. Well, you no let me down last one. Monday night, but because um, you
1: went out for a jolly up, didn't you? Um, yeah always uh, yeah it was a bank holiday Monday I, 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 I have a day off on the bank holiday Mondays <laughs> <laughs> a day
2: off very nice indeed
1: but thank you it's for your time mate, your pocket then, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so look we'll be back tomorrow with a total screamers podcast uh, me Dan uh, Jake and Simo will be back we'll be talking about the Premier League just gone um, a very important show on Wednesday night um, is happening uh, I have Lee from Walk and Talk uh, for men's mental health, he's coming back on the show on Wednesday, and we're going to be promoting um, his walks that he's doing. There's some there's, a, there's some new walks coming up that involve Arsenal, um, and so we'll be talking about that and trying to get as many people uh, to go to that as possible to support that great cause. And of course, if anyone's watching this evening um, who's not feeling great or you know he's in a he's in a bit of a rut, come and come back to us on Wednesday, and we can chat about it um, and hopefully make you feel a bit better about yourselves. Uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day Uh, Thursday no four men in the mic on Thursday because it's my wife's birthday and then uh, on Friday um, I'm not too sure what Dan's doing on Friday actually I have to have a chat with Dan Uh, Dan's been away so I haven't spoken to him all weekend so um, I'll have a chat with Dan and uh, we'll see what we go thank you very much for watching Uh, until we see you again take care of yourselves and each other
0: and up the arsenal Sports Social Podcast Network